0: Welcome back to Wet bigotty, a show of random conversations by people Wet bigotty. sometimes educational, surprisingly insightful, but mostly random and tangential. Last week, we gave you some of our dating advice, and hopefully that worked out for you. Today, we are going to give you advice on how to progress in your workplace, be it ethically or not. And with me is the best HR in the world, well, it's, he's one of the few HR I know. And also, he is my co-host here in Wet Bigode, Eric. How are you?
1: I'm good, thanks. Bye, Gab. Hi, Gab. So this is an advice advice podcast now? Not really. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's, mostly, yeah, okay. it's mostly about current topic for day, It's mostly about work, career. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we'll start from there. And it's good that you are an HR because... Most of the time, employees hate their HR. Is that a thing?
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> I can't. I can't say um, one way or the other what what other people think about specific HR departments in their companies. But in my experience, yes, that is true.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. And before we proceed, today is uh, Father's Day. Are you a dad?
1: Why not? I call my I call my Bergman (laughs) very side.
0: All right. Blated happy Father's Day to all the listeners. (laughs) And if you have a dad bad as well, good for you. It's not your day.
1: (laughs) So this goes out to all of those um, dad bots out
0: there. Sure, sure. sure. (laughs) Whatever makes you feel better at night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. All right. So start things off. did you ever expect you were going to be in HR?
1: Um, yes and no. When I when I was in high school, I think I think I remember that college exam, um, the national college entrance exam, where an is, ab- where they an kind aptitude. Was it, it was some sort of aptitude yeah, I, exam, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where once you get the results, it's they said that there was a was there was no passing score but rather the scores would
0: allegedly
1: be used against your applications for other universities at the time but that didn't really pan yeah. out but anyway once we got the results they they kind of like gave you like a percentage of your results like if you were in the got ni- 99% or 98% and then they would give you a psych profile of a yeah. sort some kind of psych profile or some sort of something like yep. um based on your what would you, what would be the better field or industry mm-hmm. for me. And I recall this, that my results were very much meant for people, people-related people stuff like HR, psychology, yeah. those kinds of mm-hmm. things. Definitely mm-hmm. math-related, <laughs> it's really low. <laughs> like my like, fourth or fifth choice. Wow. And, uh, yeah.
0: Well, I do remember that exam. It's going to be weird because... Of- there was like an aptitude for each uh, category or whatever field you want to be. And there's like a person's how on what you ranked in. Not to toot my own horn, but I kind of had like a 90% for all. And usually, well, most of my classmates as well, since we were in a science high school, uh, we got the... The one where it says you're going to be an engineer or in my field right now it it's kinda related, kinda. Um yeah. uh-huh. information right. tech, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean because coming from our backgrounds uh-huh. um because I also come from a science high school, kind of like the diet version of your high <laughs> <Nice>. school. <laughs> um Yeah. Less funding and less smart. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway. I think that i'm not i can't speak for the others but my results on in that test mm-hmm. as well was also like nine obviously my highest score was, or my best score was yep. language um despite the fact that there was filipino in it and i sucked <laughs> filipino um but yeah um i think my my worst score was i don't know what my score, worst score were but my worst what, what score was but um you just said still technically pretty high like 90 you said you just
0: said math was it
1: math was i think 94 Mm -hmm. or 95 Mm -hmm. i'm no not not that high but whatever Mm -hmm. but still yeah um, not to toot my own horn but we're you're talking so much of geniuses here i'm kidding no not really I'm guess (laughs) one of the worst idiots you might find ever but yeah Yeah, back to your question, though. Yeah, I don't think that I was really expecting. I mean, I know that I was supposed to go into that, but I decided not Mm -hmm. to. As you know, went into computer science instead. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, like a lot of people were like telling me, are you sure if you want to go into computer Mm -hmm. science? (laughs) Because they all knew that I had really poor math skills. And they were like, a lot of my classmates a lot of teachers in high school were like are you sure that that you want to go into this particular course yeah. they, were all, they were all like i don't know they were all just i don't i guess it's coming from i guess that from their perspective they're just letting me know that hey you know you can take the easy way out
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh it would be easier for your skill set mm-hmm. i guess to take an uh something that's not related because as because uh, computer science is, is very mathematics heavy. Yeah. We have like what? Four. How many calculuses? <laughs> Four. 53,
0: 54,
1: 55. Then we had 100, 110. What was it? 111, 110?
0: Yeah. I don't yeah. Something remember. like
1: that. Yeah. And then we had statistics and stuff and discrete discrete like, math. Dif- discrete math. And uh, it's a computer. Like you had like six, I think, yeah. in total. Or seven nine or whatever but yeah they were all saying like hey you know maybe this isn't such a good idea and i'm like fuck you no yeah and then even the the student student affairs <laughs> office was like are you well looking at judging at your results?" <laughs> yeah my 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 college admission test because at the time the guidance counselor or you know the famous mom Isai. yeah uh, she kind of already knows who I am because my sister used to go to the same yep. college. So we are kind of familiar. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, to be frank, this course is really good you're you're really gonna struggle in this course because it has it has a lot of math and your math skills aren't that great. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Yeah, whatever, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I mean it's it's math. Come on. It's like what's what's so hard about math? And besides they're gonna be making computer games. <laughs> That's <laughs> That was oh my you God. know what? get um,
0: first of all, fuck you for expecting to create computer games.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean fuck me right? Because I don't know. I the school or my high school didn't really prepare us much in terms of like what to expect from the different courses and what kind of um, career paths you can take from the different courses. I know that I just knew that computer science was about coding mm-hmm. and computers made out of code. And then my brain just kind of, like, made that logical connection that, okay, since games are, are made, by, are, you know, you you code to make games and computer science is all about coding, ergo, computer science makes games. <laughs> and I'm not the only, it's not like I was the only one, yeah.
0: you know. Yeah. Fuck you all.
1: So, yeah. So, fuck us all who thought that computer science <laughs> is about making games. And, yeah, they proved they were right. They were correct. I really struggled <laughs> with the math. Like the computer science stuff was like okay. It was okay. They weren't as hard, but I really struggled with the math. Aspect. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, maybe mm-hmm. rec- well. To be fair, uh, as I improve my computer science skills, the way the computer programming languages work is that they are really actually sort of like a language. So, if you are able to make that connection, that To understand how a computer language is built is that good because it's some sort of grammar if you will you could make yeah if you had that understanding you could have have made a really good I mean understanding to make really good program programs yeah hmm
1: yeah that's definitely something I agree with because um, you know lo and behold a few years later I'm teaching (laughs) (laughs) computer Stuff which is thankfully not a lot of math, but still, yep. and that's, that's something that I tell my students as well. Like you know, you don't like, programming languages are exactly yeah. that. They are languages. They have their own semantics mm-hmm. and syntax, and basically the rules that govern the language. You just need to learn what those words are and those structures, mm-hmm. and you know you can combine them to make Ma- you know, poetry Ma- or uh, cool. Yeah, say, yeah.
0: Like, and also cold. to be fair, a few years later, they remove a lot of the math. From our course.
1: <laughs> yeah. Specifically they got up to they changed like the three calculuses to just the one core yeah. calculus. Which is the three number mm-hmm. course. But yeah.
0: Well but... I
1: mean honestly, I mean honestly, like from all the graduates in our batch or even or hence or mm-hmm. you know, or or even before or after. Um not a lot of people use discrete. Um, or calculus. The
0: discrete math is actually useful, but The calculus, maybe you need the calculus if you're making game graphics, I guess, but not really. the The calculus one is, I agree, that not really that applicable in the real world. But the discrete math is, because discrete math is the logic part. You need that.
1: Yeah, right, right, right. So with calculus, I mean, I can understand perhaps if you were to go into data analysis or computer modeling. Mm -hmm not in the sense that you're creating graphics or 3d animations yeah. or whatever but in the sense that you are literally modeling mm-hmm. stuff like projections and whatever i can understand that you're probably going to use a lot of and you're they're talking about lots of 3d mm-hmm. space something that's related to that then maybe sure you can use calculus mm-hmm. for that for sure but the trend is that most of the graduates from our college or from mm-hmm. our university cool didn't really go into industries or fields that involved a lot of calculus yeah. <laughs> so you know yeah. i guess it's and a lot of alum, alumni also I maybe mean, that's where you get the trend yeah. right because a lot of alumni were like you know we don't really use calculus in mm-hmm. that much. which isn't the university i mean or the faculty who who created that curriculum it's just that you know they they didn't really think about or uh, it's not their fault that the graduates didn't go into fields that, <laughs> that use calculus mm-hmm. but it's also a good thing that they listen like maybe 10 15 or 20 years later after yeah. that that hey maybe we should remove these subjects <laughs> from the curriculum yeah.
0: i mean before we move forward a I, I can understand essentially it's from our from what we graduated in our careers also Determined by what jobs are available in the in our fields, but before we move forward, and this is a thing I like to do in this podcast, let's turn back the clock, go back to our childhood. In usually in elementary, we make we wrote essays. I guess not really essays, but some sort of essays of what we wanted to grow up, what we wanted to be when we grow up. Is it? Were you the sort of kid who wrote an astronaut or a firefighter, whatever?
1: <laughs> um, yeah, and that's not because I understood what they did.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's because of the influence of cartoons. <laughs> I'm I'm going to admit, yeah, that. because I was exposed to cartoons at an mm-hmm. early age, and you know the very typical. What do you want to be? What do you... oh, sweetie, what do you want to be when you grow up? And then I want to be a doctor Love. or astronaut. <laughs> Firefighter, and my my child brain was like, yeah, that that sounds mm-hmm. great. Although I didn't really understand <laughs> what either of those words meant. All right,
0: <laughs> so you're nowhere near what you wanted, but you didn't really know what you really wanted in your, during your childhood.
1: I can you really blame kids? Like kids are dumb. Like seriously, mm-hmm. kids are fucking dumb. They don't really understand what those words yeah. mean. Doctors, firefighters, mm-hmm. they save people. That's like the basic like they say mm-hmm. people are heroes. Astronauts go on mm-hmm. adventures in space. If they don't really understand what what's really necessary, like in terms of training, mm-hmm. um studying that you need to do to get to any of those fields, yeah. you know. What about you? I mean well surely you didn't grow up or you didn't start thinking that I wanna be a comput- I don't I wanna be a computer programmer. Yes. I don't think it's so. <laughs> yes. really
0: you were yes. young all right let's uh, oh, wow well, I, I know I I'm, I don't think I have my essay but I'm pretty sure I wanted to be a computer programmer obviously by now it's like a web developer it's nowhere near exactly computer programmer per se but again computer programmer is a very, really vague term because I didn't really know what's the word for those who program stuff and like you, as a kid, I was also influenced with a lot of cartoons, a lot of anime. At one point, I wanted to be a fisherman thanks to Grandeur Musashi, or I wanted to be, oh my <laughs> yeah, God. and or I wanted to be a uh, baker thanks to uh, what was that Yakitari Japan?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, but around Sorry. around grade four, five, I guess we had a uh, so started playing computer games uh i think counter-strike and as as well as i think my family bought a, i'm not sure how cheap it was because com- computers during the 90s weren't really cheap and i was fascinated the reason i asked this question is because during a child is you have those purest form of desire in what you want to do i'll can i can also like give another example like from some people like really love animals so they become vets until they realize they don't like killing pets I guess <laughs> or uh, some people like to take care of people that's why they become nurses and doctors well until you realize there's some sort of other thing that would hinder you from doing that be it you're afraid of blood or something like that but again that curious form of desire is what I'm looking for in how we determine what we wanted to be when we grew up. Because I was a really curious kid. I liked to tinker things, and that's how, and then as well as I was really good with logic and math and some science stuff, it was really a natural progression for me. So that's why from after that elementary, I went to a science school, then went to our college into computer science. And here I am now.
1: Mm-hmm. Here you are now. Um, in some form, you are a programmer, yep. and it involves the computer. So technically, you are a computer <laughs> programmer. <laughs> but yeah, okay, sure. I guess you could say that maybe there is some truth to what you're saying. That you know, a kids' desires is kind of like the very purest version of mm-hmm. the desires. But I don't think it's. It, I also don't think I also I kind of agree, but also don't yeah. agree. I mean, um, because kids yeah, are kids dumb. Kids are dumb. You know, kids are dumb. Especially if when they're not making informed decisions, like what is the necessary background that you need? Because schools don't teach us this, um, by the way, which I think is a totally different Mm -hmm. topic, a topic for some next time. But schools are really bad, like the way that schools are, you know, they are now or especially the American, because I'm pretty sure that our school system is modeled after the American school system. So the American school system is really bad. Don't you know?
0: go to school, kids.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Dope>. Yeah, true. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so yeah, just to the story is that definitely was not expecting that. I mean, I had an inkling, but I didn't really understand that, you know, HR was going to be where I mm-hmm. landed. Unlike, apparently, it was your destiny to be a programmer. <laughs> so, good
0: on you. Yeah, okay. I mean, and again, beginning back on where we left off. Oh, uh, when we graduated, careers, our careers and how we use our, what we learned during college is also influenced with whatever job opportunities are available. Be it like with you, even though you're a graduate of computer science, and I'm not sure because, well, I guess you are inclined, We'll again, uh, bad example. So with our previous graduates they had only available jobs at the time like for me is a web programmer where we create websites and shit so it wasn't really what the guys and professors who develop our curriculum and I guess that's how most of the fresh grads careers starts do you agree
1: mhm yeah yeah that's that's true because that's something yeah yeah i i there i mean it's either that or because the industries where that needs that certain specialty Mm -hmm. aren't that well Mm -hmm. known because the schools themselves don't reach out there is kind of like a disconnect there's a gap there in terms of communication like hey we're here we need manpower and the schools who can provide that manpower with our graduates are like, we don't know who you are. They don't reach out. Because aside from like, because I have this experience in, in, a, in a school, in a different university that I worked mm-hmm. for as a teacher. Specifically, I was the one in charge of the Capstone mm-hmm. Project. The Capstone Project, if, if you don't know, already is kind of like this final output that is supposed to be geared towards <laughs> business. And you know, despite the fact that most of the students there in that university were... Not as academically inclined <laughs> as they would like them to be, um, in the sense that they were they were worse than I was when I was in school. There were actually a few groups who were really stand who really stood out and who who gave like a standout capstone presentations. And I actually offered, because I was offered that, hey, you know, we want because the university at the time that time was like, hey, uh, we're gonna we're gonna put you in charge of this incubation program." We're going to get funding from so-and-so investors, you know, so you successfully from the capstone, we, we want to migrate the capstone project into the incubation program so that it becomes kind of like the university's cash cow, mm-hmm. you know, that was, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, we had these kids who weren't necessarily just making web pages mm-hmm. per se. They were making stuff that, you know, um, despite the fact that they weren't really a very well-known mm-hmm. school. They were making stuff that that was, you know, just a step below robotics. For example, they were working with microcontrollers and mm-hmm. stuff. And you know, if 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 the school just had a little bit more funding, especially for that particular department, they could have gone really far, which is more than we can say for our own university. Yeah. But still, but yeah, it's just that here in the city, especially specifically in Iloilo, there isn't a lot of programming yeah. jobs, and it really all the jobs that are available are web pages, which is kind of you know like the entry-level programming job like all of the good jobs that require like you know computer modeling mm-hmm. etc those are all at the capital or even outside yeah, like Singapore yep. Hong Kong yeah
0: and that's also what hinders a lot of from our friends maybe not really our friends but a lot of people because some are afraid to Go out of their comfort zones. I mean, like for me, it took me a while before I was. I felt I needed to go to the capital because I felt there was an an opportunity there in this in Iloilo to progress my career. Being in HR, do you see this as? Do you see employees just? going applying to your current company just for work just or just
1: yeah oh oh yeah oh oh yeah like you see this a lot in interviews Mm -hmm. and stuff where you know because like the usual hr or interviewer or recruiter Mm -hmm. checklist of things to do is like basically review the resume resume Mm -hmm. and just check okay where did you graduate and what was your what course Mm -hmm. did you what was your degree basically and you see a lot of people who you know who aren't necessarily prepared for that specific role that mm-hmm. they're um, that they are or you can see in their in their work history as well like let's say you see a lot of teachers like a lot of education majors there you see a lot of these people mm-hmm. and they're gonna their work is like very rich very varied and not not a whit related to their to their degree <laughs> You know, um, and mm-hmm. then you ask them like okay what what happened because and then there are kind of like two classifications or two types of people who who will answer the first type is like those who were who were just told mm-hmm. you know that you need to get an education degree <laughs> so basically they didn't want to be teachers but because of cir- circumstance yeah. you know somewhere they were they were forced to take that take up that degree yep. okay so that, under, that you get yeah, yeah you get what yep. i mean like okay not your dream job it's not your dream work but you work anyway yep. so something like that whatever And there's the second type which is they really want to teach or they really want to be in education but there are only so many slots left mm. even in private yeah. school so um, everybody wants to be in public school but that's always you know that is rife with competition mm-hmm. and politics nepotism yep. And in private schools it's the salary is almost not worth it unless you go into the really big into the really big private schools but then at the same time there is going to be a lot of there isn't going to be a lot of freedom Mm -hmm. religious or otherwise (laughs) (laughs) because most of the private schools in our city are Mm -hmm. the church you know yeah
0: in mid regards to uh, career and career moves these are really big factors to consider and can we like somehow break, break down these factors to, like, what determines how your career goes. Let's see. Uh, Let me know if you, let me speak up if you, if I said it's not a factor or if you can add, chime in. So, for sure, for yeah. Sure. So, the first is availability of a career with, or, like, job opportunities with that career next would be probably be the skills you gain or how you need to progress that career the job then monetary financial sometimes the career can't be beneficial for you and lastly would be when i say comfort zone it's probably about with regards to your family and friends or when you decide not to move to another place because you want to be with your family or friends or you're not comfortable or something like that or just not comfort zone, I'll just make it into like family because you just want to be, to be with your family like that. Mm-hmm. Um, did sure. I miss anything?
1: Um, yeah, I think it's a pretty good summary, um, basically kind of like opportunities mm-hmm. is number one, obviously, because like I said, even if you're a BS IT mm-hmm. grad or BS computer science gra- graduate, if you don't have any of those yep. jobs available, then definitely you're not going to be able to practice your degree. Second, the skills you have, yeah, this is something that is very true. Like, even if there were, like, I know that there were a lot of opportunities in the computer science field or IT field that I could have gone into, as mm-hmm. you know, because you also, apply for those jobs i'm like i was like no because i'm not really confident in the skills that mm-hmm. i have right so definitely that's that's going to another uh, another thing it's like i'm not really confident in these skills mm-hmm. and the third financial realities yes there are some jobs that just do not pay well unless you start from the very uh oh yeah because you have to start from scratch okay. you have to start from the very bottom so you know if you have kids if you have mouths to feed kids to raise, yeah. even parents to support, or even worse, or even like like siblings to support, yeah. then, then you're, you're probably going to have to work something, you're going to look for something that high, pays higher, yeah. which might not necessarily be your degree. And finally, I think instead of family, I think what you're trying to say is support network as well, mm. um, in the sense that maybe support network because you need the support mm-hmm. or the around that support network in the sense that they need your support that they can that you can't leave them alone <laughs> yeah you know because that they need your your physical presence maybe there. yeah maybe because you are like a breadwinner or whatever yeah,
0: something no. like that <laughs> and during our the course of our lives these three to four factors or more because <clears throat> obviously we don't really have the exact because other factors as well can be can show up here and there these Factors are changing priority depending on what time or phase in our lives that we are now. Like, for example, when I was starting out in my career, I mainly focused on the skills because I wanted to be a better dev, a better developer. And by now, I'm mainly focusing on a a job that pays well. (laughs) can <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because we ain't getting younger and the next uh, phase of our lives will be probably starting a family and such and also going to help that support network of mine as well. And I also forgot to mention the the first phase, uh, the first one was opportunity because that's why I left uh, Eloilo to find more opportunity with the job. But it's also related to the first the first two yeah. are related the skills and opportunity.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean like it makes sense because mm-hmm. because they're starting out and employers don't trust mm-hmm. you yet. Cuz even if you come from a reputable school, yep. you've had a lot of internships or whatever, they're not going to trust you yet because obviously the work that you do that the work that you do is going to affect the bottom yeah. line. So they're not going to tr- they're not going to trust someone right off the bat. You have to prove yourself first, mm. either with your previous um, work experience or with the work that you're already doing in that company. That's why you can't really just go from like you know you can go from like I'm just a fresh graduate to just suddenly making six or seven figures in a month. You know that's not that's not really feasible. It's not really a, a realistic expectation <laughs> uh, unless
0: you're Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's it unless you start your yeah. own company and then you get, then you have you know, pay yourself that much. but yeah, uh, because it's all about trust as well. Yeah. Um, that's why in the first phase of your uh, first phase of your career is definitely going to be skills, mm-hmm. building up on the skills that you need and also proving that you can do the work and that the work that you do is 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 quality. Mm-hmm. but at the same time it's not just something that you need it's not I, I'm for me personally because i'm I'm in a growth mm-hmm. mindset is that I don't stop with just learning skills. You know, I, I I, mean, it's not just like phase one, yep. phase two, phase three. I mean, I'm also looking at like, okay, in terms of like, think of it, think of it like phases. Like, okay, this is a specialist role. What do I need to learn from the specialist mm-hmm. role? Like, what are the skills that I need? What are the knowledge that mm-hmm. I need? Next is what's going to be the next logical step from the specialist yep. role? Is that it be either an expert or a, cons- a consultant or maybe even a supervisor? Yep. Then you, you, you'll level up there and then you have a lot of these other skills and so on and so forth and at the same time as you are moving up in the ranks you're also getting higher yep. pay right that makes sense mm-hmm. right that's why, you, that's why you have to because because technically you've already proven yourself and then and then here's the most important part you also have to consider the pedigree <laughs> of of the companies that you come in that you apply yep. for or the are or, of or the mm-hmm. industry because I'm not really sure with programming space because I'm not as involved mm-hmm. there, but let's say the EPO space where I'm mm-hmm. in, there's a lot of, there's a lot of jockeying and there's a certain amount of prestige. Yeah. If you are, let's say the HR manager from this company and it's a very big company, they have like 10,000 employees and definitely that's going to, Oh, holy shit. yeah, And then offers can become very competitive and you know, also have to consider that as well although it's not always because it's not always Mm -hmm. true that you know you come from like a very big company therefore you must know what you're doing of course not Uh, but but it helps Mm -hmm. you know kind of like it's kind of part of perception management i guess (laughs) so there and just remember not not to kind of try not to Aim lower than you. What I, mean, what I mean is, you try not to. If you're taking a step forward, try not to take two steps back. Yeah, like you've already you're already working for a or a bigger company. Why would you start working for a smaller company that can't afford your previous rate? Yeah, but, yeah.
0: But again, there are also a lot of factors as well. Sometimes because of you don't have opportunity, maybe that's why they want to have a. To go to a lower rank at the same time. Uh, what happened to me was I got burnt out, I didn't want to be stressed out of work, so I looked for a company that wasn't going to stress me out. That could also be a factor. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the word that I was actually looking for, The instead of skill, it was it should have been growth because we want to have. Growth. We want to grow as an employee. uh, Grow our skills. I think growth is the better word for it. You mentioned earlier that there is a process, uh, like a step by step, you go for growth, go for then, and so forth. But sometimes it doesn't matter because a person's priority varies person to person. Sometimes. They just want to, for example, want to start off with the maximum amount of money any company can have, can offer them. Sometimes most probably the best motivator for a person is just money. So they just look for, yeah. Oh yeah. So they just look for the highest paying job, whatever that is, as long as they get paid a lot amount.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Because that's that's a concept called the locus of control, mm-hmm. right? Like an internal or external locus. So if you're just working for money, then that's what you call an external mm-hmm. locus, and you know it's not gonna turn out well for you, maybe, mm-hmm. or you're not probably gonna be able to work mm-hmm. a lot as effectively or efficiently mm-hmm. as you. I mean, like I'm sure that there are some people who are similar, who are in the similar position or role as you mm-hmm. are, like who are coding, but they're not they are not like you in the sense that you they're destined to code or that they love coding they're just in it for the money same as nurses who aren't really into caregiving and nursing care but are just in it for the money when they get get outside of the country you know so what happens is that they get burnt out even sooner or they don't take it they don't they stop you know they just consider something else or maybe start a business when they have enough money and then they don't really work in that field and much Mm -hmm. longer which is okay okay, which is legitimate Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know but still and then there's the internal one where like I guess it's for you this is kind of like a combination of internal and external where in internal because you you legitimately like the work it's just the people (laughs) but you know it's just it's just just the people you know that makes you want to strangle someone but yeah. (laughs) yeah People don't leave jobs, yeah. You know, they leave people. So that's that's kind of like the truism when it comes to work, mm-hmm. so that the work is fine, it's just the people that you can't mm-hmm. stand, you know.
0: So beginning back on that, a couple of points is how do you determine when it's time for a career change or and as well as how do we determine if our career is successful?
1: How do you measure a success? How would you? That's the first question that I would ask. Like, how would you measure that? How would you measure success? Is it in terms of the money that you've collected or saved? Mm-hmm. Is it the number of houses or cars that you own? Um, the tech, the gadgets. Basically, is it material? Um, is it the network that you've built up? You've built up your professional network um, through the years. How would you measure success? That's the question. Because each person measures success yep. differently. Like, there are some people. You know, I want to get my kids through college and then that's success. Yeah. You know, or I want to save money or I want to be able to pay off their college tuition through college, what, what's that? Like investment yep. programs for college, right? Mm-hmm. So something like that. I, I want to be able to pay pay that off completely so that, you know, when it's time that they get to college, they I will not have to pay a cent. That's success for some people. I want to be able to build my family a, a house that's going to be, instead of the usual, mm-hmm. you know, hut, um, it's going to be made of cement. It's <laughs> cement, a rebar, and all that. Yeah. That's going to be success. I want to be able to buy, or I want to be able to earn X amount of money in in Y amount of years. Fine, that's all. Like each person really, you know, has to do, has to be able to ask, has to ask themselves, what is success for me, and then, you know, check with themselves, like okay. How far away or how close am I to that to that goal mm-hmm. of success? Because we can't really just say because you know we can't say that oh you have once you've made your first million you're successful. What's the difference between your first million and the nine hundred thousand pesos or like um, their second million or third million? You know where do you stop? So that's something that you have to really determine with mm-hmm. yourself. Like okay, I'm giving yourself a comfortable life. What is a comfortable life?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know. So you have to be able to set these kinds of goals and expectations for yourself, and mm-hmm. like kind of like, okay, what is for you? Like, okay, what about you? I'm sure that you have probably thought about this before, but to you, how would you how would you measure success?
0: Mm. Well, that's true. I kind of try not to be to have a really sp- specific goal to measure success, because, like you said, with it comes to external motivators once you achieve that or you'll be stressed out trying to achieve that or once you achieve uh, that that goal the motivation stops so but I try to measure my success as being able to like I said have a comfortable life being content being happy actually the main goal for me is be it's sort of like a zen life having being be it i just want to be content and be happy at the same time i don't want to be stressed out when it comes to financial things i just i don't really want Mm -hmm. to be rich i don't really want to own half the philippines me neither (laughs) because the
1: real estate is really bad i'm kidding just
0: yeah, and by now because uh, I've experienced burnt out, been having a perspective on things, because there used to be some part of me that wanted to be like a, being a recognized developer, being one of those guys to have to make an app, make a plugin mm-hmm. or a program, an innovator, an innovator as well. Not really an innovator,
1: or you know, or someone who who revolutionizes a yeah. piece You're of a tab. part
0: of it. Well, I still I still can do that, but by now I don't really consider it. Uh, I guess if I were able to achieve that, I could achieve the other things. Uh, I think it's more of like that's a byproduct. Like mm-hmm. it's really hard, but again, just to make it simple, just want to be content and happy and not be financially troubled. And
1: then, right. Basically, you have, you have a lot of, uh, you basically, you know, just mm-hmm. enough to not worry yep. about stuff.
0: Yep. Right. And just, I don't really need a big house, be fancy cars and shit. Just, yeah. yeah. Because by now i having been stressed out by a lot of things in life. It's just it's the Zen thing. Just have a simple life and happy life. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah totally which is good you know which is just keep it simple keeping it simple is always a Mm -hmm. good idea and yeah that's that is one way of measuring success although you have to also ask yourself what makes you happy because there's going to be a lot of people that i want. i want to be able to travel outside of the country or around the country every once a month or Mm -hmm. twice a month you know so i need to because their lifestyle because you know success is also determined by your lifestyle Mm -hmm. so if you're if you're someone who loves to travel outside of the country or within the country and you're you're definitely e- you're either going to have to be smart in terms of planning mm-hmm. your trips or you you're gonna need a job that pays enough that is going to be able to support that kind of mm-hmm. lifestyle you know so what is what is success and what you say oh, what makes me happy what makes you happy what are the things that you can live without you know those are some questions that you know you really have to you really can't answer for everyone yeah. because there is no personal truth that you know you are successful if so and so and yep. so especially if you're if you have this kind of like thinking like you know life is fleeting <laughs> you know you go into the, into the darker edges of your of your <laughs> thought that life is fleeting and ultimately what we're doing is meaningless <laughs> in the face of the universe yeah. we are nothing but that right. in the universe in the in the in the, in the, the portrait mm-hmm. that the universe is painting you know but yeah success is different ask yourself what is success to you and you know what makes mm-hmm. you happy then that's it i mean i know that there are i know i've i have personally met some people or i personally know or i'm personally friends with people who who just work as you know everyday fix-it men uh, who don't necessarily have white collar mm-hmm. jobs but can do a lot of different blue collar jobs like uh mechanics like he's a he's he is his own mechanic Mm -hmm. he's a driver he's a a carpenter he's a plumber he's an electrician you know all of these you know day to day stuff and he was able to bring his kid to through school his kid is now Mm -hmm. working and he started off with his own house uh luckily i think (laughs) Uh, but he's now his current project is to have his house uh have some tiles Mm installed And he does. he hasn't really had or hasn't really felt the need to kind of find a job <laughs> that pays six, seven, eight yeah. figures. You know, he was only earning minimum wage, but at the same time, he was also working these other creative jobs as well, like painting, because he's an accomplished artist. He also does T-shirt printing mm-hmm. and stuff. Lots of different. Yeah, you know, it does, the hustle is real. <laughs> you know, um, and kudos to him. You know, because he was also. He owns he owns a really old truck. Like it's I think it's currently it's like what today is twenty twenty, so it's about thirty years old. You know, the truck is older than I am. Damn. And it's still running smoothly. <laughs> I've ridden in that thing and the air conditioning is still pretty strong. You know? He's just he's a simple he lives a simple life. His family lives a simple yeah. life. But he is like the happiest person that I've seen. <laughs> like he's not stressed. Like like if you compare me to him when we were still working mm-hmm. together, he was happiest, and I was earning more than um, more than yeah. he was. So like he was super happy, he was okay with life. And I'm like, why why are you happy? You know, and why am I miserable? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but you know, um, you have to put things into the perspective
0: yep. as well. He knows what he wants. He set out to do it, and after after a day, he is content. He is happy.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. This is definitely something that I I don't know because obviously not everybody is going to have that kind of mm-hmm. mindset. I mean, I think it's something that you grow into, mm-hmm. because I know that when I was in, when I was younger, mm-hmm. uh, or when I was just start, first started working, my mindset was like just to work to get, get money, money to afford the shit that I can afford, yeah. yet, you know, to gadgets. And clothes and shoes and bags mm-hmm. and stuff. That was the um I definitely went through that kind of phase, which is just to earn money so that I can afford stuff that I couldn't afford mm-hmm. before. And then stuff happened, you know, years ago on and you know, emergencies have emerged or you know, um circumstances that were beyond my control have started emerging and like kind of like bitch life basically bitch slapping <laughs> me with, with hard truth. Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit. And right now, I mean I have to fight the urge, but at the same time, I'm being smart with it. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm not going to buy stuff for the sake of buying it, but I have to have purpose. And it has to be, and I'm being very careful about it. Mm-hmm. Like like my, my current laptop, which is something that I am very careful with. <laughs> you yep. know, those kinds of things. I mean, I buy stuff that I can now afford, but I don't just buy it for the sake mm-hmm. of buying it. It really has to have a purpose yeah. now. my only my only advice right now is really just buying super cheap clothes (laughs) (laughs) like because i have a supplier that i buy but i can buy stuff Mm -hmm. for super cheap like seriously less than 100 pesos which is all right 65 pesos which is like super super
0: incredibly cheap (laughs) yeah Yeah. again to our listeners we have a an episode about retail therapy which oh jesus Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, sure.
1: So, what about you in terms of like lifestyle? Um, Do you think that currently with your, are you there? Are you are are you are how close are you in terms of getting that ideal?
0: Actually, nowhere near. (laughs) But I've made progress. I mean, if I were really to determine, I've had a lot of introspective with this to. Like, how much I need to work more to stop working and just be, have fun. But, in terms of where I am now, even just a year ago, very different. But, of course, it can also change in an instant. So, just trying to save up. Mm-hmm. But I do. Uh, but at work, I'm still being challenged. At the same time, I'm not. I'm just Not stressed anymore. Uh, I don't work overtime anymore. It's nice. I have a lot of free time to make this podcast and do another a lot yeah. of uh, creative work. Oh yeah. And yeah. financially, I'm saving a lot more, and I have also uh, and it's, and I started investing things here and there. Mm-hmm. So it's way, way better than what I was just a year ago, but in terms of the that actual goal of mine to be stressed, to be happy and content, well, I'm stepping towards the right direction, but I can't say I'm 50% done.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's a fair, that's a fair assessment because you are still technically a third of the way through your life, <laughs> you know, knock on, wood.
0: Knock on wood.
1: Yeah, I mean, something you just said, which is like compared to a year ago, that really hits different, yep. or it really hits hard. Because thereabouts a year ago, I was in at the point of severe, like you yeah. know this. I've told you the yes. story, and I'm like, I was really, really stressing out. Then you come and then fast forward to today, and like, uh, still stressed. I, I not as stress I mean like there is some residual yeah. stress. I've learned some techniques to manage with it, uh, manage my stress, but at the same time like mm-hmm. I, it's like I I almost can't believe that it's it's only been a year. <laughs> and like the difference is startling yeah. and you know and I think if there's one thing that I have to I have to say uh, that I regret in terms of I was less of a risk taker when I was younger.
0: Yeah. Uh
1: I am yeah, I mean, maybe if I had taken more risks in terms of my mm-hmm. career, I would be in an even better place than mm-hmm. I am right now, you know, it's just kind of like, why did I have to play it safe? Like, why did I have to, you know, why was I so, I guess it's it has something to do with my fear of rejection yeah. well, or fear of failure.
0: That's, that's a nice topic. It's some things to do with comfort zones. That could be another one of our topics as well to send us off i really like the story with the guy the guy with the old truck who has his career figured out yeah yeah. i think the moral to the story is find something you want go do it be happy cheers thanks for listening to
1: wet bigote a show of random conversations by people with bigote if you enjoyed this episode and don't want to miss out follow us on spotify facebook and twitter at wet bigote tell your friends about us and share the love we appreciate the support until next time you can find the full list of episodes on spotify on bit.ly slash wet bigote send us your feedback by going to bit.ly slash wet bigote feedback bye bye